By the way, the Big 12 has just released its list of player participants for the Big 12 Media Days, which is coming up July 13th to the 14th. Ethan Downs, Woody Washington, Dylan Gabriel, and Marvin Mims. Every school is taking four except Baylor and Iowa State. Who are taking what, two? Three. Three. So a lot of opportunities there to hear from a lot of peeps. Big 12 Media Day coming up. What, week from today? We ought to just televise today. expansion conversations. Just get everybody <laughs> in a room. Oregon, you come in. Washington, you come in. Okay, Colorado, what do you have to offer? I'm so excited to welcome in our next guest. You saw her absolutely crushing it on ESPN's coverage of the Men's College World Series. As I felt like Danny Wexelman. I felt like, Danny, you were on the call of almost every single Oklahoma game. <laughs> uh, how's it going? What was the experience like for you in Omaha? Oh, my gosh. First of all, Plank, did you just say peeps? Did I hear you say peeps? Yeah, yeah, peeps. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I try to sound a lot cooler than I am, Danny. You got to remember, I, I, you're a cool St. Louis native. I'm an old St. Louis native. So, I, I mean, we, we got to go back. I got to try to sound as cool as I possibly can. That's fair. That's totally – you always sound cool in my book, though, just Thanks, to Danny. let you know. <laughs> Omaha was – it was a dream. I was on a couple of those games. It was a dream for me. I've, I've wanted to work – that event, sideline that event for years. And uh, so it was very, very cool for me just in general to be there. Uh, very exciting. And then to honestly get to cover the best teams. Like I love college baseball, genuinely love the sport. And I love the kids who are coming up from high school and decide to go to school because I cover them too. So getting to see the Oklahoma team and had a couple of guys I had already covered in high school, but also getting to cover Skip Johnson's team, not going to lie, a treat. For me, and getting to spend morning meetings talking to Skip before the games and hearing him wax poetic about the game, about himself, about the team. You know, he didn't talk much about himself. He always goes back to his players. But it was amazing, to be completely honest. I had the best time, and I really can't believe that I get to do this for a living. Uh, it was awesome. You crushed it. Uh, and Thank it you. was really fun because I don't, I don't know if many people know your story, but – You've been all over the baseball beat from like day one, right? I mean, you've covered, you've co you were actually in Oklahoma City about a year ago, right? Covering a futures event, so you've seen a lot of these these young men at at a very early age, whenever they just kind of started to burst onto the scene, too. Yeah, I do a lot of work at Perfect Game for the past five years. Actually, I'm hitting I'm hitting a nice mark, and so basically, I get to see these kids sometimes at 13 years old, wow. 13 to 18, and there's a couple of guys actually coming up in this draft. Tamar Johnson in particular, Elijah Green, Drew Jones. I've known those guys since they were 13, 14 years old. I don't expect them to go to college, but to get to see their progression and get to see them become people, right? I, I know them as kids, as ball players. I get to know their families. And then all of a sudden, they're people. They're citizens of the world. And guess what? They're really, really good at the game. And I love to see that progression. I love to see guys, and, and women too, covering the, the diamond sports in general, who are working towards that goal of something more. So I honestly, it's a dream. I am so lucky, and I love the work I do. Yeah, you mentioned Drew Jones. There's a chance he could go number one coming up on Sunday. Yeah. Just just from your perspective, from the rules change over the last few years, and obviously it's very much in our, in our minds with Cade Horton right now, Danny, how has that maybe changed players' approach where, I don't know, you don't necessarily, depending on when your birthday falls, have to have been in college for three years and with these new rules. Have you seen it change guys' approach and how they're 
I don't know, making that decision between college and high school? I would imagine it's actually harder because I think that I think that you're seeing a lot of development, different development at the college level. And then you see the college guys get drafted. And I I feel sometimes that they're a little bit more ahead when they get to the minor leagues and not just on the baseball side, but the life side. Right. You're not just battling. When you get drafted, you're not just battling. Oh, I got to make it. I got to be better than the guy next to me. You have to live by yourself. You have to eat. You have to feed yourself. You have to do laundry, you know, like life skills, life things. And I do think that college does have that advantage a little bit, but I think it's a little too early to really see the changes and what could come in the future based on some of those rule changes. But it does help guys out, especially in Cade Horton's position, to have that opportunity. And then he shows out, balls out in the College World Series. And I do believe that he earned himself a potential first-round pick and a lot of dollars based off of Omaha. Well, you, you, you just answered that question. I was going to ask in general, what did you think of what you saw from oh Cade Horton? God. Incredible, right? He just learned the slider literally three weeks before the, uh, the Mince College World Series, and he was dominant. How impressed were you with him? Okay, so this is one of the guys I did get to cover in high school, and we knew that Cade was the football baseball guy. We see these guys, these freak athletes who come up, and Oklahoma was the place he wanted to go to do both. And remember this part of his story. His senior year is the COVID year. It's 2020. So senior year of high school wiped out. Freshman year of college, Tommy John surgery. He's just coming back from that, right? Started the season at third base, two-way player. Wasn't really doing that great on the mound. And as you said, three weeks before the Big 12 tournament, he learns that slider. He and Skip get together. They talked about learning a new pitch. Skip showed him some grips. And, and Kate, you know, Kate's telling me all of this in Omaha, and then he threw it in the championship game and it was like, it just worked. And it changed everything. And that's all anybody can talk about. But the kid went out and dealt. And he was so impressive. His mound presence, he was so collected and put together. And that's asking a lot of a guy who basically hasn't played in two years. Huh. And he just probably earned himself a first-round pick, a lot of money. He's just He's a great kid, right? He's a, he's a really good person, a really good kid, really well-spoken. I had a great time catching up with him, but that guy pitched his brains out, and that's who he is. On the biggest stage, nobody should be surprised that Cade Horton stepped up. He just needed the opportunity. Now, with that opportunity, uh, I had all my plans to watch him be our Friday night starter next year in Norman. Uh, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Are you hearing it's a pretty pretty good chance he gets taken in the first round, or what's the buzz around it? Gosh, that's such a good question. I, and, and it's interesting because you'll hear these head coaches like Skip talk about, well, I, you know, I think they could do one more year in college. Or they'll say, I, he's done. I can't do anything else with him. Like, if they get what they want, they should go. I didn't get any, any indication from Skip on that. But I think that if the money is right, I do think that Cade could be ready to go develop in the minor leagues and try to work his way up. I I am of the sense, like personally, I think one more year would be incredible for his development, especially just learning that pitch and seeing how quickly he picked it up. But I just think if the money's right, he's going to go. I I can't imagine him passing up a good chunk of change to come back. But you really never know. You know that coaching staff at OU, every single guy on that team, when you talk to them, they go back and reference – all of the all of the coaches, not just Skip, Clay Van Hook, Clay Overcash, Reggie Willett, yeah. his name was brought up all the time. So maybe it's an opportunity to continue to develop for him. But dude, I, I think he's gone. I do too. 
attitude, Danny. Danny Wexelman is our guest at Danny Wex, D-A-N-I, Wex on Twitter. And I can't fault him for it. I guess maybe my hope is what you just said. He looks at what Skip Johnson has done in developing pitchers. And sure, you know, you go to you go to ba- the bigs, right? Or at least you work your way through the minor league system. It's baseball 24-7, 365, right? And I'm sure that's attractive yeah. to some people. But you mentioned Skip's a fun guy to be around, right? Maybe <laughs> yeah. that sales pitch, he gets those fish hooks locked in and he can change his mind. But yeah, I'm, I think it's going to be tough to. I think it's going to be tough to turn it down for Kate Horton. I really do. Yeah, and you mentioned it. They, they, he's clearly created a very special culture, one that starts with family, and he makes sure that everybody feels like a part of the family. That was his first college World Series as a head coach. I don't know if people realize that because when I heard that, I was like, "No way! There's no way!" And it was. And and to watch how he handles business and how he handles his staff because. It's actually a good story. I don't know if you heard me tell it, but Tanner Treadaway's grandfather, Reggie, played at Pan Am. And there's this great photo of Reggie making a, a catch at the wall. I think we thought it was maybe the maybe the third base foul line. So anyway, so he's making the catch. Tanner Treadaway's there. And Reggie Treadaway is Skip's mentor. And Reggie said to Skip, hey, if you want to be a head coach, you need to learn how to pitch. So you need to go work. Or you need to learn how to hit, excuse me. So you need you need to go master that skill. If you want to be a pitching coach, you better go master that skill. And so Reggie Treadaway, actually a mentor of Skips, and then Reggie was obviously at the game, Tanner Treadaway, the, huh. the senior, the center fielder, the Juco guy. So there's great woven stories, and that's the culture that Skips created there. And I think that's why these kids love to play for him so much. They're very by the book. These are not kids swinging – um, sledgehammers, and they're not blowing bubbles, and they're not. There's no rubber ducks in the dugout. You know, this is, this team. There's no facial hair. This is Skip's team, and and I think that regardless of you know you buy the book, they love playing for him and his staff, and they they just love what he's created there. Yeah, we're not giving a Pringles bottle, our Pringles no. can a bottle, <laughs> hey, our pounded bananas. But hey, I'll, let's right. go on two more. Since we're on an Oklahoma kick, you mentioned some of the veterans, right? Peyton Graham. Obviously, moving oh, yeah. on. Jake, Jake Bennett moving on. Well, Tanner Treadway had a great career, but I'm excited for the future of OU baseball based on their young core. Right? You think about what Jackson Nicholas was able to do. Uh, to do. You look up and down the line. That was a really young team, Danny. Can you just give us kind of your thoughts now, looking back postscript on what the future looks like for Oklahoma baseball? Yeah. When we came into Omaha, I was looking specifically actually at the bottom of OU's lineup. And it was really, really sad because Brett Squires ended up breaking his hand. He was out in the first game in Omaha. But the bottom half of OU's lineup, Kendall Pettis, Squires, and uh, one other guy, I'm blanking on his name right now, but there's this group of guys who just showed up and they showed out in the postseason. And they just continue to have this depth among them of Oklahoma, that these guys are going to be okay. I mean, Blake Robertson has been fantastic for the team. You mentioned Jackson Nicholas as well. I think that they're, they've got great leadership, and these younger guys who are coming up. I mean, I think if you look at OU's schedule, they really dominated this season. They went into Gainesville and mm-hmm. won that regional. They went into Blacksburg and won that super, and they just remained steady. They remained steady. They got contributions up and down the line of the bottom three. Like I said, you got seven, eight, nine in your lineup who are dominating at the plate. And then you have the arms, the development there. We know Skip loves to develop those arms. 
among the other staff members. So, yeah, I do think that the future is really, really bright. And let's be honest, if you really looked at the field in Omaha, it's a pretty heavy SEC field, and that's OU and Texas included in that coming up. So I think the competition is going to be better. I think the recruiting is going to be better. And Skip Johnson is is a key reason, I think, that kids like to come to this program. So the future is definitely bright for Oklahoma. Names like Wallace Clark, that youngster at third, Diego Munoz. Oh, my God, yeah. Really good stuff. All right, so uh, my goal is to get you to Oklahoma City for a softball championship, too. So we got to do that soon. Hey, before I let you go, I I started with Major League Baseball a little bit. And obviously I could sit here and grinch and moan about the antiquated blackout rules where I couldn't watch the Mets and the Reds for some reason in Oklahoma. But how can we juice up July 4th for baseball? I mean, we're fans, so we're going to watch, right? But, I mean, does baseball need to do something to try to capture the 4th of July a little bit more? Do you kind of dig where it is right now? Yeah, no, I always think that there can be improvements made, especially at the major league level. I really think that everything needs to go back to the fans. And I think that the game needs to do more for the fans. And whether – I know – you know, there are teams that bring out military members and whatnot and honor them. Obviously, that's the reason that this weekend exists. But I think if you could go back and do more for the fans that weekend and give them more, these fans, not only they miss baseball, they watched all the drama of the lockout this year. They're gouged at the at the beer lines. They're gouged at the hot dog lines. Give the fans something a little bit more because they're the bread and butter. They're the people who mm. keep the game alive. And let's be real, too, you know, there are service members all over who would love an opportunity to see these games or get tickets for their families. Like, I think that would maybe be a nice thing for that weekend to do something in that regard. Is that what you're thinking? Is that is that what you were asking? Yeah, something along that line, you know, or, or maybe even look at, I don't know, having the home run derby, having the all-star game oh, on 4th of July bigger. weekend. Oh, bigger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do think that the game could expand a little bit into something like that. There's no doubt in my mind. I just think that there's other issues that are so pressing. Oh, you're Pace so of right. play, right? Pitch clock, all those things. That Once we can get those sorted out, I, I totally agree, man. I think we need more fun. We okay. just need more fun. We need to capture the hearts again, and I think that it can happen, but uh, one thing at a time. Yeah, send that Ole Miss crowd to Major League Baseball. Oh, then we'll get going. Jello shots. You need Jello shots. That's what brings people together. Uh, Danny, you're awesome. I appreciate your time and uh, have fun covering the draft this week. And I can't wait to watch. Oh, playing. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, and I'll talk to you soon. See you, Danny. Danny Waxelman, all kinds of awesome, hanging out with us here on the Plank Show at Danny Wax D A N I W X W E X on Twitter. Danny and I have been fortunate enough to work together quite a few times on different shows, so I like her a lot. I think she's really good. She is really good. Do you want to go through this list when we come back? I don't I don't know if there's too much controversy here, except OU fans quickly noticed that there was one name that was missing from Texas's list of invitees. Quinn Ewers is not going to be at Media Day for Texas. No surprise. They're not bringing him down there before he's thrown a pass or started a football game. The quarterbacks that are going, let me look here. Wow, they're not sending Max Dugan. Or Max, Max Dugan. Max Duggan from TCU. Okay. Do we read into that? Maybe. Here's the quarterbacks. Jalen Daniels, Kansas. Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Adrian Martinez from Kansas State. That'll be interesting. And Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. Gotcha. Hmm. So no no Blake Shapin. No. 
they're they're actually sending two linebackers and a tight end is Dave Aranda. Interesting. Okay. Texas Tech not sending a quarterback. So West Virginia Tech, Texas, TCU, Iowa State, Baylor, all not sending quarterbacks to Big 12 Media Days. <laughs> How about that? All right, 1019. We'll go through the list next. Just released by the Big 12. The players will be representing said school at Big 12 Media Day. Wasn't it Kansas last year that had a travel issue, so they had to end up doing it virtually anyway? Yes. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that was that last year or the year before? Oh, it might have been the year before. Everything runs together for me. Ever since November of this past season, I feel like everything before it is a, is kind of a blur. I remember softball championships, and that's about it. I think it was last year, though, right? Because it was – wasn't it Lance – Leopold. It was Lance Leipold, yeah. It was, so, I thought it might have been last year. I could be wrong. You know what will fix it? Quick little Google search during the break. 405-651-3439. It's Plank Show. Thanks to Danny Wexelman for joining us. Go follow her on Twitter. Um, I, I think Sunday's going to be a day where we see Cade Horton go relatively high in the draft. Probably not as high as I originally thought after the World Series, but – if a team can get him to agree to a certain number, look out. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref. Did you notice our new lights in studio? Looks pretty nice. It's really well done. I have the reflection of our not-so-new lights in oh. here that's <laughs> throwing me off a little bit. It, it was wild. I came in, and there was like an instruction booklet in here. I'm like, ah, turn on, turn off. I don't really know what to do with the instruction booklet. Apparently, there might be a new table in the works at some point in there what are you i've heard rumblings now that seems like that would be you know much much work much busy work to accomplish that but it could be sweet you know the reality is this table that we have in here is literally like somebody's dining room table (laughs) yeah yeah no it is i mean it's not a knock i mean it's worked but it's amazing this is this is like something you'd sit at at your grandma's house, which is why this makes it such a little homey show. You know, kind of kind of kick back, lean back every so often. I wish I had food in front of me. Dude, I <laughs> – by the way, quick little side note. I went to 7-Eleven, which is not a normal stop for me anymore because I'm trying to cut back on coffee costs and, well, we have a we have a coffee maker here now. But I did the, – they have two bananas for a dollar, which that's heaven for me. I went to grab one. Knocked the whole thing of bananas over. Oh, man. Tumbled just to the ground. It's like, oh, Did sorry. Did anybody see this happen? Well, so this is weird. The 7-Eleven is like down to two pumps over here. Have you noticed that? Yeah, what's up with that? What's so, like, going nobody's on? Nobody's ever there. I have no idea. I didn't ask. Which that's, you know, not the worst thing right? for us. <laughs> Fewer people. <laughs> but, yeah, I just uh, – so I literally had to – Take that walk of shame. And bananas don't fall like normal fruits. I mean, it like started rolling, t- tumbling over things. <laughs> Some guy was just standing there at the donut thing looking at me. I was like, sorry, a little help here. Don't judge me. You're over there by the yeah. donuts. Hey, at least I'm getting bananas, buddy. Air Comfort Solutions text line is the best way to stay in touch with the show. Uh, thanks to Danny Wexelman. Reaction to her at 405-651-3439. I love her to death. I think she's great. Just to recap our... Before we get into the latest on who is going to Big 12 Media Days, 
kind of get caught up on the the Pac-12, Big 12 futures here. Now, on this year, very radio program, we came to a conclusion based on the always reliable and always necessary Twitter.com poll that the Big 12 was much better positioned for its future than the Pac-12. Nearly 700 votes. Uh, Big 12 won with a whopping 91% over the Pac-12. Funny part is, if if suddenly, and, and the latest is that the Pac-12 has started negotiating its media rights immediately, then you had CBS Sports and Dennis Dodds had his report that the Big 12 was in conversations with six Pac-12 teams to join the league. Then Dennis Dodd also had a report that said the ACC and the Pac-12 are discussing a loose partnership that included championship game. If they are able to solidify the 10 teams that are left and add a couple of outliers, like, I don't know. What if Boise State – remember remember back in the day when Boise State was a big deal and everyone wanted Boise State? I still think it would be a good ad for the Pac-12. What if the Pac-12 adds Boise State? Maybe a Fresno State. I'm, I'm UNLV. Just, maybe a UNLV with what just they've got going on. Just because of Las Vegas. Sure. You have the, they're playing in Allegiant Stadium. I'm just – if they can work this thing with the ACC and the TV network say, you know what, in Oregon, even though Eugene, Oregon isn't a massive market, but in Oregon and in, in what we think you have in, in Washington and then Arizona, Arizona State, sure, it, it's terrible to lose USC and UCLA, but – Maybe we can salvage this thing and still create a product that is worthwhile. The the thing to me, again, you always follow the money in these conversations, but the thing to me that's interesting, Josh, is where does Fox fall in all of this, right? Because Fox is a major player in the Pac-12, major player. Fox is a major player in the Big 12. So, and the Big Ten, and the Big Ten. Well, and that's kind of my point: is they're the biggest player in the game for the Big Ten. They're to the Big Ten what ESPN is to the SEC now. So, in the eyes of the in the eyes of Fox, do they look at it and say we'd rather the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve just go away and let's put all our resources in the Big Ten, or is it kind of a all right? So we see the the twelve that you have, Big Twelve. And with the 10 that are left in the Pac-12 and whatever they might add, you know, where does Fox, which one does Fox look at and says is a, is a more valuable commodity to them? And, I mean, who's to say that the Pac-12 can't get aggressive with a couple of pieces that they like from the Big 12 right now? I, what if they go to a BYU and say, hey, we – even though I understand, everyone's like, oh, the Pac-12 will not bring in a religious university. I know, I know I'm just, I'm thinking, but I'm just vamping here. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Sure, changes thinking real quick. Your, your standards can change quite quickly when your survival depends on it. I am a vegetarian. I will not eat meat. Well, listen, we're all out of food, and the only thing we have left is this ham. If you don't eat it, you could die. I won't eat it. Well, literally, when you're about to die because you're starving to death, you're going to have a piece of ham. Mm-hmm. You're going to eat a burger. You're going to do what it takes. You might have these standards, 
But whenever you're on the verge of extinction, like the Pac-12 could be, now, yeah, like I said, I'm not a doomsday guy. They're still going to play football. But if you're on the verge of it, you're going to do whatever it takes. So I'm just saying I'm, I wouldn't rule out the Pac-12. This all depends on what Fox looks at, what ESPN looks at, what maybe an NBC or a CBS looks at as a valuable product. Apple TV. which It just takes one. It takes one. And maybe, maybe Fox is – all in on the Big Ten, and they say, yeah, we're okay. We're okay. They could. We, That's we, what CBS did. We're not real interested in the Pac-12 anymore. And, and maybe they're not real interested in the Big 12 yeah. anymore. So there's so much yet to be determined here. We, we hear that the Pac-12 and ACC are talking a la the Alliance, a new look format of that. Maybe their two champions meet up. We know the Big 12 is trying to poach – Actively trying to poach Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Well, what about the Big 12 trying to get involved like the ACC is trying to get involved with the Pac-12? Why not pair up your champion versus the Pac-12 champion? Or set up a situation to where after the Pac-12 expands out, and I, I, I think if the Pac-12 survives this deal at least initially and Oregon and Washington don't bounce off to the Big Ten Conference – to me, it's all about TV inventory and how can you maximize making yourself in a, an attractive television inventory partner for whichever TV company, streaming company, ultimately you're looking at as the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Why don't you set up an annual one-out-of-conference one game for everybody? And then, yes, your two champions match up as well. And you cut out... You cut out the fat. You get rid of that uh, that that one easy game that you have versus an FCS school. Get that out of your schedule. You can't afford to do that if you're the Pac-12 or the Big 12 anymore. Let's go to the phones. 405-329-9000. Oh, you psycho. Love it. What's going on, oh, you psycho? How are you? Doing great, guys. Doing great. Love listening to your show, man. Thank you. Appreciate your phone call, psycho. I was just going to ask, um, is, is there, I mean, because it, what it seems like is we've got two super conferences on the verge of, of just carving out the other leagues to get, I, I don't know, is it the, the television and the money de- des- determining who those teams are going to be? Because at some point, isn't it going to just, you're going to have some bad matchups. I mean, are they going for just dollars or are they going for like, Good football. They're going know? for it all, yeah. Psycho. They're going for it all, man. They're going for the dollars, and they want – I use the term banger matchups, the biggest matchup, the yeah. best matchups. That's what they want. They want, to, they want to see college football consistently in that 3 million viewer club, and what they found is the way they get there is to have the best teams play each other. And I would say for the Big Ten and the SEC, the commissioners and – they're interested in the almighty dollar – in this from the TV executives, from the streaming executives. The TV networks are interested in in what you're talking about there, OU Psycho, which is right. let's get better matchups on a regular basis. I went through, and actually yesterday while we were off, I flipped on our programming, which yesterday was national, and was Colin Cowherd going off about a, a kind of benchmark take that he's had, which is, there's only one game in week one and combined week zero into this for week one now, too, 
one game that I really care about or that anybody cares about, and his argument was that that game is Notre Dame-Ohio State. I would, I would take him to bat a little bit and say, while these other games don't quite maybe reach that plateau of Notre Dame-Ohio State, okay, I've got quite a bit of interest in Florida State-LSU. I'm mm-hmm. interested in Utah-Florida. I'm interested in Oregon-Georgia. Penn State-Purdue, I think, has interesting ramifications for the Big Ten. But beyond that, and that's, keep in mind, combining both Week 0 and Week 1, it's those five games, and that's that's it, honestly, in terms of games that really you, you're plugged into from a national perspective. So TV networks, there's – they, they don't want to see Oklahoma play UTEP or you name it. They don't want to see uh, those types of games on everybody's schedule. It doesn't make any sense to have Alabama play a fluff game. They, they want to get rid of it. Yeah. Well, I just think it's going to come back and bite them at some point, but uh, I don't know. I guess that's the way we're headed. Thanks for the phone call, Psycho. Thank you. I think it's, I think it's the reality that it's going to be very exciting for OU fans. I mean, it really is. But, Psycho, to your point, and I think to the – I think we've had a couple of texts on it and you brought it up. I'm excited about, like, every game. College football. I'm just – I'm excited for college football to get here. I really am. Um, but I, I do have to say, you'd be shocked – I, maybe you went with with Twitter anymore. Maybe it wouldn't be as shocking. I I find myself in shock. How many people just couldn't care less about college football? And it's almost it, the north. And I do a lot of stuff now on Mad Dog, so I talk to a lot of people in the Northeast. It's just, and I'll get my hey, you know, good content. Talk more about this. It's never talk more about college football. It's like hey, don't forget. You know, you can go a little easy on the college football stuff. And I'm not, I mean, it's just wild to me because it's just there's a certain faction that what baseball is to us, Major League Baseball, what NASCAR, college football is just, and I've never understood it. Yeah, never be, understood it. That, that's not the case here. That's right. This is all we care about. All we care about. And it's very and regional in that sense for Southeast. And I, I think up in. Ohio and Chicago, oh, it's still a huge oh, deal. Oh, it's, it's massive in, in, in certain areas. It's only massive in L.A. when they win, right? That's it. The Rams had their stadium taken over by the Niners and the Raiders, for goodness sakes, Rams Chargers. So, you know, we want to get all carried away about USC. That's just about a brand, man. That's not even about a program that is performing well. And you build a brand by winning. It's where we're heading, guys. It's, it's where we're heading. We're heading towards – Big time matchups, TV conferences, TV networks have spoken. They want the best of the best, and I think probably where ultimately we are headed is basically you only play your conference. Here's here's what I oh let me tell you what I think is going to happen next because I do think that there is a place for and I keep bringing up Kent State just because they're on the schedule. But I think there is a place for matchups against Kent State. My beloved alma mater, Tulsa, and things of that nature. And I'll tell you where it is next. My wife just sent me a very important text. What What was that? To our Are we still on on the buzz? Are we still on on 1430? Should be, yeah. Right, good. Um, Tulsa State Fair is coming. I'm a big, I'm a big state fair dude. I just want to make that very clear. 
Tulsa State Fair, Oklahoma State Fair. You get me at a state fair. I'm amongst my people. Corny dogs, funnel cakes, net t- neck tattoos, people burning blunts in public like it's okay. It's just ah. it's just good times. Yep, that's good. By the way, Josh has joined us in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Pierce, the intern, is on the board. Pierce's hair is fire, man. I never noticed that. Yeah, no, he's got some flow. Well done, man. I keep it a hat on for most of the summer. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. I like it. Meanwhile, you have not been going to the barber, have you? He's letting me go. No, I like it. You don't need to. It looks. I I mean, it looks fantastic for a year. Gotcha. Good call. I like it. I could not cut mine for a year. Look exactly the same. Um, But on Wednesday, October fifth at eight p.m. at the Tulsa State Fair, genuine. Will be playing. Wow! Now is Genuine a one-hit wonder? Is Pony his only song? I, 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 I don't even know who you're talking. Really? About. Yeah. If you, you don't know no the song idea. Pony? Maybe I'll if play, you play it. For it. You. I don't know if we can play it. It might be too dirty. I don't know. But yeah, explicit. Yeah. She was like, you know, things are going well for Genuine. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely, it is. He's going to be at the Tulsa State Fair. That's my state fair. Heck yeah! That's the biggest draw of the whole event. So here's two things. That I, that I worry about before we get to a, li- a little bit of breaking news. Number one, networks are going to want, I've used the term a lot, bangers, big-time matchups, must-see games. Four million-plus games. My worry is that, and I guess maybe my worry just for those that are like, I don't know how to find it, these games, and we're already seeing it with some, are going to be more to push the digital platform. In other words, when it's not necessarily a big-time matchup, it's on ESPN+. And when I say not necessarily a big-time matchup, think about what they did in college basketball this year, right? You saw some games that you thought would be pretty, pretty good games that suddenly you're like, whoa, it's on ESPN+. What's going on here? Now, with ESPN, they got ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU. With Fox, you got Fox, Fox Sports 1. I don't know if they still use Fox Sports 2 or not. Not going to lie, I haven't watched it in a while. But for, for say, a CBS, bro, they're big time on their digital platform right now. They're all in right now on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount. NBC, Peacock, and what they've invested in the WWE network. Yeah, everybody wants to push their streaming platforms. So I think even though you have so many linear op- over-the-air options, even though you have so many opportunities, I just get the sense that – you know, your your spots on ABC and, and for 11, 2, and 6. Like, there's three. I think there's going to be, you know, nine – boy, nine premier games would be a lot. But maybe like seven to nine premier games every single weekend. And then you'll see, you know, oh, yeah, that's on Fox Sports 2 or that's on FoxSports.com. You know, they're really starting up. Because of all the networks, who doesn't really have a massive digital presence? Fox Sports, Right. Because they have ESPN Plus, which is constantly crammed down your throat. You have Paramount Plus, which is a Peacock Plus. Fox doesn't really do much. They're still very much Fox, Fox Sports 1. So I think that's where you're going to start seeing, Josh, some of the less than stellar matchups in, in the so future. So for Oklahoma. Consistently. Maybe one conference game a year. Like what matchup are you thinking or, for you? Or beyond. Or beyond. One other thing. Beyond that, very much on the network on the SEC network, or if they continue to make the ACC network available as a channel, right? That's where you'll see a lot of them. So I would say, like in Oklahoma, well, most of the SEC is going to be unaffected by it. 
But you oh, might see a co- OU Kentucky or something. Yeah. You might see an OU Kentucky game that's like, hey, this SEC exclusive is available on the SEC network or streaming at ESPN Plus. Or maybe it is just on ESPN Plus. USC Iowa. Right. Ding, ding, ding. So even though the first time around, I think most of those matchups are going to be bangers, right? It, this is the first trip that USC has ever made to Iowa, and it is nine degrees outside, right? I mean, I think welcome. Most of those... You are looking live Could, at Northwestern. Here just come might, the Bruins. Some might say, "Well, it's already happening," and you're probably right. You're probably right, but I just I get the sense that's where you're going to see more and more and more things go. Now, there's a lot of lot of people who are a lot of platforms that need programming. And I don't think you're going to see ESPN say, well, we'd rather put Boston College versus Virginia Tech on the ACC network as opposed to ESPNU. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But I think you're going to see some big-time pushes towards that digital platform. Every single week, right? Every single week. Probably probably each – Broadcast and streaming company. Yeah. couple of quick air comfort solutions. Text Dallas Bill hits us up. Will we start seeing Amazon Prime making a push for conferences in the near future? Maybe. 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 You know, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix, all of them. You mentioned Peacock. Obviously, that's the NBC umbrella. Amazon Prime, though, they've just struck the big Thursday night deal. So are they good on sports streaming? Not only have they struck the big Thursday night deal, but holy smokes are they putting a show on around the broadcast. Yeah. I mean, how every single week I feel like I hear an announcement of a new person that's going to be involved in their show. Mm-hmm. I used to make fun of NBC's desk. Desk. Now you look at it and you see, for, for Amazon Prime, Curtis Hitt Thompson will be the host. Akeem Tlaib, Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, Kirk Herbstreet, Al Michaels. It's like there are 20 people involved in just a game. <laughs> Aaron Andrews had an offer. But I think Amazon Prime's good on the NFL. Now, if Amazon Prime sees some movement with the NFL, which they will, because they've got you on the app, and next thing you know is, huh. I just saw them advertising that. Wouldn't mind ordering this or whatever. Um, I think you could see Amazon Prime in the college football world. And I don't think the success or lack thereof of Apple TV Plus is going to matter much for baseball. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that matters much at all. But we'll see. And wouldn't Amazon Prime be interested in the leftovers, in the scraps? Would they, would they want a reworked Pac-12, a Big 12, an ACC? Or is it somebody like that, Amazon Prime? I mean, obviously, sure. they're going after the big fish, the National Football League, and they've got it for Thursday nights going into the future. Are they kind of just interested in Big Ten SEC, and if we can't have that, eh, no thanks. Yeah, I know. It's, it's compelling, and it's interesting because we just don't know. And then one more real quick one here before you break. Uh, does anyone remember the pact that the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC made to block college football expansion? I wonder how the Pac-12 and ACC feel now. That's what I started the show with. Well, Th- that's my big question. And Kevin Warren, was he just pulling these strings all along to halt expansion to set this thing up? It's almost as though Kevin Warren and Greg Sankey have been working in cahoots behind closed doors. Okay. <laughs> I texted JT Gasso on Wednesday. I'm like, hey, man. I'd love to get you on the air when you have time, man. He replied today. 
I get it. I get it. I come very, 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 very deep in the depth chart. I'll see if maybe JT is going to join us next hour. We'll all find out together. It's a plank show right here on the ref. All right, I can't confirm. The JT Gasso tweet is looking ahead. Though I thought we had him at 11.05 today, so he's going to join us on Friday. JT will be on uh, tentatively at 9 a.m. on Friday. That's perfect. That's take us right into the weekend. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I think we're on the we're on the road at Cavens tomorrow. I with Steelman out. I want to say we're at the casino on Friday. You see, on vacation. I think so. Nice. I mean, every single picture I see is him out on the beach, man, like at Atlantis or something. Yeah, good point. <laughs> now that you mentioned that. <laughs> Even though, I mean, it wouldn't surprise Steel Man's the kind of guy that might just take a tie line with him and do the show from the road. Nah, he needs a break, man. Good he, on him. He comes in here and he's just grinding away for Dude, you folks. Steel Man does a two-hour show. Two hours, which, as we know, we complained about three hours enough, we got it, and we're ready to go back to two hours. But no, I'm kidding. Nah, we're pushing for four. No, I want four now. But my man is in here like two hours before his show. Every every day. Every day. Without fail. Actually, more than that. Like we go on the air at nine. He's the next guy in the building. So Steel Man coming up at noon on vacay. Um, and I want to look at the TV numbers. Top five stories today coming up next as well. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino right here on the rep. Stick around. It's a Wednesday edition.